Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm too lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Welcome, everybody. Uh, here in just a minute, we're going to turn to Brother Tuttle and the opportunity to have uh, in this intimate of a setting to be able to uh, hear from Brother Tuttle, and there's going to be some interaction at the end with, uh, for Q&A, and uh, there's a lot, a lot of people that would love to have this opportunity, so we're very blessed today to be able to have Brother Tuttle with us. Uh, again, those of you that are joining through the live stream, uh, Khadijah is making a post uh, that's going to give you some instruction, so earlier I had said to respond to the Facebook uh, in post we put out a little bit ago in your comment what your question was, but Khadijah's going to make it a little bit more discreet than, uh, so I guess kind of an anonymous question, or maybe, I don't know, if you want us to know, she can tell us. Anyway, she's going to give you more information, we'll just say it that way. So uh, be looking for that post uh, by Khadijah on our uh, Living Hope MD Facebook page. So why don't we say a prayer, and again, thank you to all of the team that put the breakfast together, that was a great breakfast. Amen. I don't know. I think probably better than what you could have got at Cracker Barrel this morning. and uh, Much quicker in and out time. Probably if you had gone to Cracker Barrel at 9 o'clock this morning, it would have been a 20-minute wait. And once you get there, another 20-minute wait. Then your food comes out 20 minutes, and then you eat 20. So you know, we're way ahead of the ball game. Uh, so anyway, we are so honored to have Brother Tuttle. Let's say a prayer together and ask the Lord's blessings on our time. Jesus, we thank you so much. Lord, for the many blessings that you have provided into our lives. Thank you for the meal that we were able to enjoy this morning and all of the hands that work together to prepare that and make it possible. God, we're so thankful today to have Brother Tuttle with us and, Lord, to be able to glean from his wisdom, uh, the experience that he has gained in uh, so many different of the, the ministry fields that he has served in. And we ask you today, Lord, even as you have prepared him to speak to us, prepare our hearts to receive and let this be beneficial, not just for us today, but for the growth of the kingdom. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'll just say a few things that I know um, about some of the bullet points on Brother Tuttle's resume. Uh, probably first and foremost to him is uh, he is the husband of one wife and father of four children. Right? And we're glad to have Lewis here with him today. Lewis is his... Uh, male factor. He's a, the boy child. He's got three daughters and one son. So we're, we're honored to have Lewis here with us today. We got to, I got to hang out a little bit with Lewis at dinner last night, and uh, we're honored to have him. I don't know if he wants to come and share a few things later on. <laughs> he says no. Uh, but he, Brother Tuttle is also, he served on the uh, Texas District um, Youth Committee. Uh, well, he graduated from IBC, uh, and then anyway, the, just a few of the bullet points I know he can fill in the blanks. Served as a missionary in uh, the Netherlands or Holland, and that's kind of where we first interacted. He invited me and Valerie to come over there, and he showed us all around uh, Paris. We, we had a couple of great days in Paris. So I would say this. I've done Paris with Brother Tuttle, and I took Riley one time, and I tried to be the uh, tour guide, and it's much better with somebody who knows what they're doing. I, I thought, man, we're going to get a great Airbnb. Riley and I are. It's going to be memorable. It was memorable. Uh, we got out right in 
the red light district. I mean, it was, it was, it, so with, within about an hour, we had, I had walked and found us a hotel somewhere else. And we didn't get our money back from the first place, but it was worth the move to get out of where we were. Um, anyway, so Brother Tuttle is, has served as a missionary. He is now the pastor in Vitor, Texas of a great church. Uh, many, many of the youth know him. He preached Friday night of Youth Congress and uh, preached a great message. You can't measure a miracle. And if you haven't seen that, it's on YouTube. I'd watch it. Uh, but we're honored to have Brother Tuttle with us this weekend. Uh, for those of you that are interested, tomorrow night he is going to be preaching in, uh, at the Living Hope D.C. service, which is going to be at, uh, in Gaithersburg, well, Imesville now, Brother Libby's church. And I know we've got a music team uh, that's going to be going up. Uh, some are going to be going up for that. So anyway, without further ado, uh, let's welcome Brother Tuttle. We want to take his liberty and share with us. Thank you, Pastor uh, Staten. And what an honor and privilege it is to be here this morning with you and your great leadership team. And I, uh, I do feel so honored to be a part, first and foremost, of the family of God. And there's nothing greater than the church. There's no entity, organization, structure that's ever been compiled than the church. And uh, you need it. We need each other. Isn't that the truth? And uh, I'm thankful for my friend. And again, just thankful for the church. Just sitting there thinking about it. You know, God created... Adam, and he looks down and says, it's not good for you to be alone. And I'm left to wonder, how is Adam alone if he's got God? Because I've been told my whole life, if you've got God, you've got all you need. And yet God said, you've got me and I'm not enough. The truth of the matter is, God alone is not enough. And that's out of the words of God. You need a helper. You need. And so he created a physical. He created something physical. That was Eve. And you are that to each other. You need each other. Amen. You need the body. You need the body. And I'm thankful for my friend, Brother Staten, a Christian, and a friend, of course his family, Sister Valerie, the girls. You're blessed with great leadership. And when Brother Staten said, hey, I want you to teach leadership, that's like Michael Jordan asked you to teach him to play basketball, you know. And it's like, I don't know what I'm going to tell you guys when you have one of the greatest leaders and great leadership teachers. So probably nothing I say today will be of uh, anything new, but maybe I can reiterate some things that will help us become a better church, a better organization, a structure that uh, reaches our community, because that is our goal, amen? amen. The room, I, it was so nice, the gift basket, and uh, of course all of the accommodations have been very kind. I'm glad to have Lewis with me, and thankful for everybody that's online today. Welcome, and thank you for joining, and for joining us. Um, I'm thankful for what we do. I was thinking this morning, and I'm going to talk out of 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 1. Um, but what we do, leadership, begins at home, and the miraculous starts at home. And, and I'm thankful for the vision of Pastor Staten and his love for you. He loves you guys. I'm going to tell you, you can't hang out with this man and realize he, does, he loves people. He loves this church. He loves you. He loves his leaders. And uh, what an honor it is. And, and our, our closeness to him and our obedience to the vision of the man of God is imperative. And um, this isn't in, really part of my lesson, but if somebody has Second Kings chapter 4, I want to read that real quick. And uh, something kind of the Lord put in my heart, and then we'll jump in and learn what we can from the Queen of Sheba uh, on leadership. But uh, is there a Josh? Is he my reader? Noun plural. Uh, huh. Huh. 
or passive pronoun. I don't know what it is. So I, 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 you can read that for me. Let's just read it real quick because it's really great. It's unlocking miraculous and it's powerful because this is a minister's wife. And so this was a leader's wife. And this, of course, isn't my lesson, but it just hit me when I woke up this morning. I wanted to share it with you. Go ahead. Second Kings 4, just one. My children are going to be bound. And I think every mother in ministry, our, our passion is our families. Amen. So this minister's wife has lost her husband, and now her sons are going to be in bondage. Go ahead. And he went right to her house. That makes sense. He he understood that leadership starts at home. Keep going. Go ahead. Okay, this is a familiar passage. We know it. She's. Um, going to lose her sons. She's already lost her husband. She goes to her neighbors, doesn't get a miracle. She gets the vessels, doesn't get a miracle. The final thing the man of God said to do was go into your house with only your family. Then he said, close the door. He said, and then when you're behind closed doors, and I'll just tell you the rest of the story, begin to pour out that little pot into the big vessels, and there will be more than enough for the, not just for now, but this is a, he said, we're going to start a family business and financial prosperity will come. Oftentimes, we don't struggle with that which we do with around our neighbors. We get the vessels, but unlocking the miracles and what God has for us is what we do behind closed doors. When the door closes, can we obey the man of God at home with just our family? And I want to reiterate that as a leader, and, and if we don't, and you'll find this to be pretty true across the board, that people that do not take and respect and honor the vision, the leadership of the man of God at home, their children end up bond. It's the truth. You'll watch that. You could probably go down the list of your memory and, we and realize that the greatest danger that we have is to be a hypocrite at home. But the most powerful thing we can do, the provision we can give our families, and this isn't my lesson, but I wanted to speak to you as leaders in your home, that while we, what I can teach you how to, your pastor can teach you how to do all the stuff in public, how to be a great leader and a great team. But if we end at the end of my life and my children are in bondage, I have failed. If I end my life, and at the conclusion of all of it, I have me, my wife, my four kids, I will say I succeeded. And I mean that. I pray, that is my daily prayer. Lord, Noah saved the earth by saving his family. Let my family be saved. It's all that matters. So I wanted just to tell you, remind you, your greatest asset, your greatest thing that you can lead is your home. It starts behind closed doors. And as you do what God says behind the closed doors, He's going to open up doors of financial prosperity and blessing. I want us to look at 1 Kings chapter 10. I thought he did a great job reading. Why don't we just give it a big hand? I mean, that was, and what a beautiful facility that you guys have. I was, what a vision your pastor has. As I was walking through, and my goodness, and this family, the Staten family is known around the United Pentecostal Church International and the apostolic movement as a, a soul-winning 
uh, people-loving family, and, and I've never been here before, but to come and firsthand and witness that in this town there was no apostolic witness, but a man came with a Bible study chart and a burden, and look, here we sit in a multi-million dollar complex because of one man. Isn't that amazing? If one man can do all of this, what can we do as a team? What can you do together? If one can put a thousand and two ten thousand, my goodness, the devil is, he's afraid of this group right here. I can sense it in the atmosphere. And that's, of course, because great vision, great leadership. So just some points here that are going to help us as we continue to progress and advance the kingdom of God in our local assembly right here at Living Hope, right? Am I, I'm at Living Hope. Amen. First Kings chapter 10 and verse 1. Read that for me, brother. He heard, she heard of Solomon, okay, concerning the name of the, the Lord. And this is the fame of the name. Um, it is God's desire to establish his name in the earth. We are the people of the name. And she heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. It is so that God connects his name to us. Our, our, come on. Living Way's name becoming famous means his name can become famous. So let's replace Solomon's name with Living Hope. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Living Hope concerning the name of the Lord... They heard of the fame of living hope concerning the name of the Lord. We, I know and I believe that God has connected his name to this place. I believe, you can't, walk, I mean, I walked in, they're out there playing kick the bottle, okay? The lights are off. There ain't nothing really spiritual taken off, even though it was spiritual because fellowship is very spiritual. We weren't singing, we weren't dancing, we weren't speaking in tongues or prophesying, but I walked in last night and I could feel the presence of the Lord. I did. I can, I can feel it right now. Just here we are in casual clothes, and you got a little skinny guy from Texas, but I can feel the power of Jesus here. Why? Because his name is connected to this place. You can feel it in the atmosphere. The name of Jesus is connected to living hope. And so what we're doing is making Jesus famous, but to make Jesus famous, we make living hope famous. As you Come on. As we advance that name, we're advancing his name. People have to have something tangible, and they say living hope. That's Jesus' house. Amen. He's going to get the glory, not us. So the name of Jesus being established is linked to us establishing living hope, the vision of the man of God here. And that's why we, we pass out flyers and we knock doors. And we've, I don't know if you got T-shirts with your logo or your, you probably do. You've probably got a website and a Facebook site and you're streaming it all. Is all that necessary? It's all about living hope. Yes, it is all about living hope. It is. It's about getting living hope because his name is connected to this place. So hang the door hanger, wear the t-shirt, put the bumper sticker on, whatever it is. What are you trying to do? Make your church famous? Absolutely. Everybody ought to know about living hope because as they find out about living hope, they're going to find out about the name. Come on, they're going to find out about the name, and that's going to happen. It's, we, we're intentional. It's organic conversation. It's lifestyle. And she came. She proves him with hard questions. And then verse 2. It's First Kings ten and two, and she came to. Sorry, that was really loud. It scared no, me. no, yeah, go ahead. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train, with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was uh, when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. So here's a guest coming to church. She comes ready to give. 
Amen. And I understand that our, the guest hope, their only hope is us. Amen. Their hope is linked up in living hope. I like the name of this church. But not only is her hope linked in us, our hope is linked to them. When you realize that the guest that walked through the door probably has the answer to whatever it is that we need for our community. So we got to realize not only are we their hope, they're our hope. We need them. The very person that's going to pray my kid to the Holy Ghost might be sitting on a bar stool right now, but if I can get him into the house of the Lord, he's bringing gifts, and he's going to mentor my son into whatever he has. So when he comes through the door, I'm not just looking at him as a customer for me. I'm looking at him as linked to my future. I have to pray this person through the Holy Ghost. I've got to make an impression that lasts in this guest's life. Does that make sense? Verse 3. We're just going to walk through this and kind of extrapolate some points from it. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king, which he told her not. Verse 4. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he all had built. All of the wisdom. When she saw his wisdom, the administration of the king, his ability to answer questions that were being asked of him, the system that he had, and he knew how it worked. He knew the system. He had system. And it, it impressed this first-time guest. And the house that what? He had built. The house that he had built. Before she observes anything really, uh, the preaching, the singing, the dancing, whatever, she, she observes the house. Stewardship of the building. And I know that's so simple. But as leaders, I can identify a leader by the way they walk over a, a, a water bottle land on the floor or not. It was clean. It was organized. I love that when I came in last night, one of the first people I met was somebody cleaning the building. And I thought, this place is going to have revival. You can tell if they're going to have revival by the building. And I'm looking across. The chairs are in line. The building smells right. It's an observation. You know that your, your pastor's taught you. What is it? The first seven minutes, they've already decided if they're coming back or not. So who's the most important person at the church? The people cleaning. So who should be cleaning? All of us. Well, that's simple, but it's the truth. It was, it was an observation of a multi-billionaire that came to church. She observed. They observed there wasn't trash laying around. It was, it was clean. Uh, and, and so she, and, and notice, who did she say built it? Who kept it clean? Living Hope did. Living Hope. Had it been dirty, had it been unkept, this guest would have, have, have lumped that together with Living Hope. Not with whoever it is cleaning responsibility. They wouldn't have walked in and said, oh, well, you know, Sister Sally or the custodian is a whore. They would have said living hope is a mess. And if living hope is a mess, the name is connected to living hope. See, just that, and, and I know that's simple, but that little piece of paper you picked up was the first place of ministry. Pastor, where's my calling? That's the question I get all the time. Pastor, I just don't know where, what God is calling. Where's God calling me? There's two ways, where you see the need and where you have the desire. And if, so if, if there's trash on the floor and you see the need and you don't pick it up, you just missed your calling. And I have learned that if you're faithful in the little things, God will make you ruler over the greater things. Amen? So go ahead and just pick it up. Go ahead and serve in the place. That's why I would say the place you're complaining is the place God's calling. Amen? So I don't know why that church doesn't have a whatever. Well, that's because God's calling you to that place. Stop complaining and answer the call. Well, if he would just do this, well, no, it ain't him. It's you the one that you see it. Don't complain. We, didn't, we ain't called to be complainers. 
We're called to be leaders. Make the difference. You are the difference. And as you make this place great, come on, we're making Jesus great. As you pick up that trash, you just made Jesus great. Amen? He built it. Living Hope built it. We are all responsible. All of us are responsible for it. Amen? It's the arrogant person that can watch a brother serve and not help out. I was preaching someplace, and uh, it was the young man that was cadetting me around. We pulled into the church. It was a large church. And out in the, in the front yard, there's a bunch of trash. It was Saturday. There's the bishop. He's 70-something years old out there picking up trash. And the young man said, man, isn't that awesome? Every Saturday, our bishop's out there, such a humble man, picking up the trash. And I said, wow. <laughs> you can drive by and watch your bishop pick up the trash every Saturday? It's an arrogant man, and I kind of let him have it. Well, he didn't pick me up the next day. Let's put it that way. Well, it's humble. Let me just tell you, it's nowhere in Scripture does it say it's your duty to keep each other humble. I remember the first time I, I just started pastoring in the Netherlands. I was 29 years old, and, uh, man, I preached, and some guy came up to me after church, some brother. He said, Brother, I'd like to give you a compliment, but I just don't want your head to get too big. And I said, Look, you, worry, you don't worry about my head size. Go ahead and tell me how good did I do. Tell me. Go ahead. Because ain't nobody ever died of overdose of encouragement. And I do... The devil does plenty good discouraging me and keeping me humble. He don't need an assistant. Leaders, chief encouragers. We are, in, that is, you can't over encourage people. Well, I'm just worried that the Sunday school director is going to get arrogant. Don't worry. God abases. God humbles. God will take care of that. I'm worried my preacher is going to get too proud. Stop worrying about it. God, the, he's, it's okay. There's plenty of other people that text, call, and email that keep him humble. And all the leaders know what I'm talking about. Amen. We are, matter of fact, not only is it something we do as leaders, it's something we do as Christians. Forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together. Right? But what's the rest? There's more. He says, it's a sin not to come to church. Y'all all know that one. Am I right? Forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together. I know there's a pandemic, but by God, you got to go to church to be saved. Amen? Cool. But he also tells you in the same exact verse what you're supposed to do when you get to church. So if you're going to believe that you got to get to church, you also got to believe the rest of the Bible verse that tells you what you got to do when you get to church. And that is exhorting one another. Oh. So when I... I can't forsake the assembly, but I also can't forsake the exhortation. What's exhortation? Encouragement. Encouragement. That means every time we are together, we are to be encouraging. There should never, a leader, that's what a leader is. The primary role of a leader really is encouragement. You can't over backslap. You can't over high five. You can't over say kind words. You, nobody's drowned. Nobody's died because they were over encouraged. And as a leader, those that are following you, great job. Come on, you got this. High five. You're going to make it on and on and on and on and on and on and on. So when we come to the house of the Lord as leaders, we are going to encourage. One can put a thousand, two, ten thousand. How does that happen? I'll tell you, encouragement. It's encouragement. It's the power of encouragement. Keep reading 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 5, my brother. In the meat of his table, in the sitting of the his The meat servants. of his table, meaning the quality of his word. 
feeding the people well, it, it's important. Good food, the man of God, having, and I'm going to tell you what, y'all are blessed. Here you are, you got, you got the best, one of the best cooks in Pentecost, in the church. And I'm not just saying that because he's here, I'm saying that because I listen to his YouTube stuff. I'm, I'm, hey, send me the notes, Brother Staten, you got the word, amen? That applies to the Sunday school lesson. Come on, we don't just put five minutes of thought into that Sunday school lesson. Every, come on, the product, we, whatever it is you're leading, the quality of what you're doing is observed by the Queen of Sheba. Come on. I've got to put time into it. When you get up and hear Pastor Staten preach, it doesn't feel like he just threw that together on his way to church. A, a good meal takes some good time. I mean, anything you pull out of the microwave that took 30 seconds, it's not that tasty and it's definitely not that good for you. Amen. Any house that's built overnight is a house going to crumble. But a strong house and a strong word is going to take time. And so it is that, that we must have quality product. And I'm thankful for the man of God. And so it is that we are to lift his hands up. We are to, to uh, you can't, you, you can't uh, uh, produce a great word without prayer. Matter of fact, his prim the primary role of your pastor is to give himself to prayer and study of the word. It really is. And, uh, and so our job as leaders is to enable each other to fulfill their God-given role. And Pastor Staten, when he sees a dirty piece of paper, he's going to pick it up. He does. He's proven that. But I'm going to tell you, every minute he's picking up paper standing out in the parking lot is one less minute that he's not in prayer and study of the Word. And I want my man of God to hear from God because I can pick up the paper. I can set up the chairs. I can. And everything I see my man of God doing that I can do, I'm like, no, 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 step aside. You go do what I can't do because I need you to hear from God because my kids are going to be there and they need a word from God. Amen. And not only are my kids, the Queen of Sheba is going to be there. She's got multi-billion dollars. Uh, she can help us build the next, come on. And when she shows up, we got to have a word from God. We've got to have a word from God. So preach or preach. Take your time. Let him be the man of God. And that's what God has put together. I feel, the, I feel a great spirit of unity here. Amen. It's pleasant. It's good. There's a great, it's like the dew. Amen. And it's, uh, it's awesome, awesome, awesome. So before she, but before, let's note that before she got to the food and she's like, man, this sucker's preaching. This is good food. She noticed the fame. That means the marketing. It had been marketed well. The wisdom. And she notices the building and all of these things. What you do was observed way before what he did. Does that make sense? And the, sit, and the sitting, go back and read that verse five one more time for me, brother. And the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants. The sitting of his officials. The team was properly placed. Solomon had put together a leadership team with people in the right place. Okay, the sitting. They were seated in order. They were seated according to their skill set and their abilities. Not according to what they preferred, but to where they were needed. And it was not, come on, and it was observed by the Queen of Sheba. It was observed by the person that needed God. And so we don't know the name of the servants that were seated. We don't know the name of the cupbearer. We don't know the names. We just know that they were in the right place. And let me tell you, when you get in the right place, that's how we make his name famous. Well, I just want, no, no, no. Where do you see that I fit, Solomon? Place me there because all that matters to me is the fame of living hope. And if, if, come on, if you're, if you're not on board with that, well then, hey, I'm sorry, but that's what we're trying to do here. We are trying to make living hope famous. 
We are. And in order for that to accomplish, pastor, as the leader, that God is a place. Hey, someone said, well, you think you're better. No, I don't think I'm better. I'm just in this position. We're all on the same team. Just God just made me the captain. Okay, and so my duty and responsibility is to place you in the right position. I don't want the goalie to be playing forward. I don't want the center to be playing point guard. Well, I want to be point guard. Dude, you're 7'8". Come on. That's, I'm 6'5". When I was playing basketball, they're like, you know, I, I'm like, man, I want to dribble. I want to shoot threes, you know. Man, what you doing shooting threes? Man, that, that coach would get mad. Get down in the box. Post people up, you idiot, you know. He was screaming at me. I, I'd get cussed out if I tried to be the point guard. And you got all kinds of people trying to be what they're not. And you know what it does? It makes for a bad game. And Sheba walks in and goes, my goodness, these people, man, what? Because it's not ever been about us. It's about living hope. So preacher, position me where you say that I need to be positioned because I want to make your name famous, Jesus. I want to make your name famous. And the way I can do that is by making living hope famous. It's, it's just the way it is. Amen. Amen. Take me out of the equation. Let God be made famous. And so, um, and the attendance, keep reading that for me. The sitting of his servants. And the attendance of his ministers. The attendance of his ministers. The volunteer network. So his staff his, his, were positioned right. His leadership was right. And his volunteer network was right. The people who were giving their time without pay, and most of you here today are in that category, but they were still serving with excellence. Well, I don't get paid. Oh, baby, you, you, you don't understand. You do get paid. When, how much you think those streets of gold cost? How much you think that wall of Jasper, add all that up, and I promise you McDonald's ain't paying that. There ain't no job paying you what you're going to get paid. Come on. It's deferred payment, but it's coming. And more than that, there's a pay called the joy of the Holy Ghost. There's payment called peace that passes understanding. Joy unspeakable. Come on, he's sitting there saying, I'm going to describe this to you. It's joy. Like, it's joy. It's joy. Finally, it's joy unspeakable. Full of glory. Come on, that right there. Peace in your family. Peace in your marriage. And I can go on and on and on and on. I, I'm not supposed to be preaching, but it's what I do. So I just got to tell you, the pay is great, amen? But even without monetary compensation, these leaders, these volunteers were ministering with excellence. They were, they were, let me serve God more than I would ever serve gold. I said, let me never do more for gold than I would do for God. What I mean by that is let me do more for God and my, my spiritual leadership than I would do for my boss, if my boss asked me to do that, what would I do? I might have an attitude, but I would do it because I don't want to lose my job. Am I right? Come on. So the difference is I may not want to do it, but I'm going to do it even better. That means I'm going to do it even though I don't want to with a good attitude because I'm going to do more for God than I do for gold. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I, I, I just love it. I love when I came in last night. That impressed me so much. This church, you guys have got it going on. You really don't need me. I'm just here to compliment you. What else did he observe, my friend? He, the attendance of, his, of the volunteers and? Their apparel. Ooh. And his cupbearer. No, 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 you got to be careful. Oh, I didn't get to the cupbearer yet because we got a whole lot of say right here. <laughs> uh, the visitors notice how we dress. And, and. You know, while some dress to please themselves, others dress to please others, we dress to please God. We dress to make living hope famous. 
Well, I, come on. They were clean. They probably they smelled good. They were modest. They had their name tags on, their uniforms, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. And um, most of you that work employment outside of the home, and I know the pandemic, some of them still need a dress, clo- dress code <laughs> at the house because, my goodness, eh? you see people giving these things busted in their underwear. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, uh, and what does it do? It becomes a mockery for the whole network. Because they dressed wrong. I mean, you, there's, there's very few places of employment that don't have some kind of dress standard. I'm like, come on, you allowed to go to work in your Speedo? For real. For real. I mean, I worked at McDonald's. My, my first job was at McDonald's. I was 15. I worked there two years in Holland. I had to wear a goofy shirt and goofy hat. They sent me home one time because my pants weren't ironed right. I mean, it was, it was, I couldn't, as a matter of fact, I couldn't wear jewelry. Had, had to be shaven. Had, I mean, they were really, really tight on the way you had to present yourself. And uh, I worked for Lincoln Financial Group. It was a button-up shirt, no denim. Worked for Ellis Ayers. It was a shirt and tie. Worked as a janitor. Had to wear a uniform to clean toilets. And I did. I didn't even think about it. I just put on the goofy-looking uniform. Worked at Lowe's. Had to wear the little vest. Had a uniform. Had a dress code. But ask, ask people to dress a certain way for God, and they have a heart attack. You telling me I can't come with my pink hair and my, you know, bright rainbow-colored swimsuit to church? Yeah, that's what we're telling you. That's it. And it matters. It matters. It matters. I'll go back to it again. Let's never do more for gold than we would do for God. My boss asked me to wear the uniform, I wear the uniform. If my pastor asked me to wear the uniform, I wear the uniform. Why? Because I'm here to make living hope famous. Amen? Amen. And his cupbearer, right? Cupbearer, the inner circle of the king. The financial integrity of this king was good. Those that were close to him in leadership, how they treated Solomon and how Solomon treated them. And I was talking to your pastor last night, and I just, hearing his burden and love for you guys, the doors of opportunity that he's given you, the closeness that he allows you to have, that's, that's not, most leaders aren't like that. But most leaders aren't great leaders like your pastor. But you have access to him. He lo- and he loves you. And the interaction between you and him is observed by people that come in. The way you treat him and the way he treats you, it is a powerful, powerful thing. The wisdom of this, this man, man of God. Uh, he was telling me that you, you guys own 40, ac- 40 acres. That's unbelievable. Do you all have deer out there? Great. Are you allowed to hunt him? <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to or not, but this guy's bobbing his head, so we're going to have some deer meat backstrap after this is over. But uh, so, so look at this. You got a man comes to a city with a Bible, Bible study chart, and here we are on 40 acres on the East Coast in a multi-million-dollar business building, and. That's because we got a man that knows how to manage his money. That's observed. Come on, with just 200 people? Y'all are sitting in a multi-million dollar building on 40 acres with just two, 300 people? That's astounding. That don't happen normally. And, and man, I don't think y'all have. Does Bill Gates go to church here? Whew, too bad. I'm trying to find that church. I'm going to find it. But 
my point is, is with that, with us, this man, this leadership team has put together an amazing, a, a, amazing thing. That's because he's got it right. Y'all have it right. You're doing it. It's observed by those that come in. The integrity of our finance, the workings of our inner team. It's important. Amen. I'm almost done. Let's keep going. Verse five. And his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. Experiencing God the way that we worship, the way that we come into his presence. She noticed that all the leaders in the king's house worshiped. Recently, my wife, every, uh, we do our Sunday school a little bit different. We do every, we have four months, we swap out everybody. And so every four months, there's a new opportunity to serve. And so I, I have to go through and approve all the Sunday school teachers for every class, every four months, the new ones that are applying. And, you know, there's times I just have to put a red, red mark. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, I got nothing to lose. Hope, hopefully, there ain't nobody from my church watching this live. Live stream can get you in trouble. But I just have my big old red marker. I X that one out. And she's like, well, I think that's a good one. I said, I ain't never seen them worship. And I know they don't have to do backflips, but my goodness. My, my people, my, my children and the people that come in are going to have worshipers as leaders. They're going to, if you are a leader, it does not. I tell you, there's one thing I can't stand. It's when I go to a church and the preacher's too good to praise. What I love about your pastor, he's preached for me in Holland. He's preached for me in Texas. I've watched him at Congress. I've watched him at little tiny home mission churches. He don't just sit there like he's too good to clap his hands. He's got his hands up. He's got his hands. He's shouting. He's dancing. Come on. Because he realizes, first and foremost, it's my duty as a Christian. I love to do it. It works and it's productive, but not only that, it's my responsibility as a leader because I'm telling you, the guests and the people that come that need their lives changed are, are watching how you worship. And every, come on, John the Baptist. How many remember John the Baptist? In the womb of preparation, before he ever performs, before he ever does anything, what's he do before? He begins to leap. Before he preaches, he leaps. Before he baptized Jesus, he's a jumper. Come on. I tell every young preacher, I feel called to preach. I said, I ain't never seen you praise God. It ain't going to happen. I don't care how skillful you are. If you can't worship the God you're going to try to sell me, you, done for, you lost me. If you don't use the product, come on, don't try to sell me a Toyota showing up in a Ford. Come on, right? I mean, like, you got to buy this suit, and you're like, you're wearing a different suit. No, I want to know, do you use the product you're selling? God is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. You should worship him. Come on. No. No, we're going to praise God. You're not, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be a praiser. Amen. We, they don't expect you to be perfect. Sheba don't expect you to be perfect. But she expects you to be excited about your product. Amen. And I'm, I'm dancing and I'm shouting. And that right there at that moment, it transitions from, wow, this really isn't. Solomon's house this is bigger than him in that moment come on she realizes the way that they are worshiping their God now her eyes are no longer on the building on the trash on the cans on the team on the leadership on the now all of a sudden worship has changed her conversation about them and has transitioned it to him that's what worship does so she's watching the leaders in the in the church from the door from the very door that person at the door is the, one of the most powerful people in the church the door, matter of fact, all, all of my door team is expertly trained in altar working. That makes it, because the, how odd is it 
if some random person comes up here that they've never met and lays their hand on them, starts spitting in their face. Whereas the person that they've already met, hey, I'm mad and I met you at the door. We already have an intimate relationship. So it should be me at the door. I'm already comfortable with them that goes up to them in their pew and says, hey, can, would you like to come to the front? Oh, you don't? Well, I can pray for you right here. And you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Because the mission is to move them from the parking lot to the pearly gates. So if your position is the parking lot, friend, you've got an amazing task. What an amazing gift that God has given you. Amen? And we're going to make the name great. What was? There was, what, what, keep reading that. No, there was no more spirit in her. Took her breath away. Come on. I'm talking, this chick's got it going on. She showed up in a Bentley. She's seen everything. She got a private jet headed out to Maui tomorrow. Seen everything. Comes in to old Solomon's place. And, and after she witnessed the way they worshiped God, she, was no long, she wasn't distracted by all the others. They'd done all the other things well. Now she's like, whoa, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this. Amen. Keep reading. And we're, we're getting there quick. And she said to the king, it was a true report that I heard it in my own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. We have a reputation. Let's live up to it. Seven. Howbeit, I believed not the words until I came, and, my eyes, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. It was better than what I heard about. Isn't that amazing? Church can be, it, God will make it so it's better. You can't oversell. You can't overmarket. They're going to show up, and if we can get all of these things, if you will find your position, if we will in, if make our building right, if we will interact with our leadership right, if we get all of these things in line, I'm going to tell you what the people are going to walk in and say, my God, it's better than I heard. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. Verse 8. And here, here, here's, here's, here's the, an amazing, this is the final observation. Well, there's two, one more, and then, and the, but this one's the greatest, eight. Happy are thy oh, men. Oh, say it again. Happy say are it thy men. Happy. Say it again. Happy. Say it again. Happy. Your, your staff is happy. What's, what, what else? Happy. Say it again. Happy. Say it again. Happy. I love it. I, I walked into breakfast this morning, and I couldn't hardly hear you know why I couldn't hear? Because y'all was all laughing. And you know what? I have found a world of sadness that's in searching, is searching for happiness. They will do, they will poke needles into their eyeballs to get happy for five seconds. They will drink themselves into stupor knowing they'll wake up with somebody else with an STD for four hours of happiness. Come on. They're looking to be happy. And when they walk in and they see a smile, and they see happy people. We're a happy people. Yes, we are. The hostess was smiling at the front door. The usher was smiling. The parking lot team was smiling. The, the, the offering taker upper was smiling. Last night I shake the cleaning lady's hand. She's smiling. I'm like, these people are happy about cleaning. I mean, how are you going to be? When's the last time you saw the janitor at the airport smiling? It ain't ever happened. I mean, you can't even get the flight attendant to, and she's getting to go all around the world. She's mad. Yeah. I just read that Zappos CEO, 48 years old, dies, worth, what, a billion dollars. The whole world's trying to find happiness, and we got it. Sometimes we got it. We just forget to tell our faces we got it. 
don't forget that they're looking for the happy. Happiness, I always say the most underrated thing in Pentecost is fun. I say that all the time to my church. I said, fun is underrated. Coming to church and living for God, it is a blast. Holiness lifestyle is the best lifestyle. If you go to church and it ain't fun, you ain't going to the right church because they were happy. If serving God is misery to you, something's off. You got to get it rearranged because if you are serving the God I serve in the leadership team I'm in, we're happy about it. We are happy about it. The young people were smiling. The youth leader was pal- the, 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 the assistant pastor was smiling. The, the, uh, everybody's happy. I, I remember I was in Holland, and, and a lady came in. I'd never met her before. She just comes in, and she's kind of just looking. And I'm like, I go back to meet her. She's, her name was Lisa. I said, Lisa, hi, I'm Matt. She's, I'm Lisa. Nice to meet you. What, what you did? How, I always want to know, how'd you find out? You know, how'd you get in? This was Holland, you know. And she said, uh, well, I saw you guys on Facebook, your church Facebook page. She's like, I went through all the pictures, and everybody was happy. She said, and I just had to see if it was fake. She said, ain't nobody going to be that happy all the time. And I said, well, what do you think? She said, it's unbelievable. I said, just wait till church is over. Man, at the end of that service, she came up. God filled her with the gift of the Holy Spirit. She might have been your translator. She turned up being one of my translators, Lisa Oscon, an amazing lady. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. She got baptized in Jesus' name, became an interpreter, is still living for the Lord. I'll tell you how it happened, just because she saw us being happy. Don't undervalue that. Don't, 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 don't put, and, and don't forget that. Now, look, here's the reality, though. I don't always feel happy, right? I mean, come on, let's just be honest. I don't always, feel, I don't even always feel like coming to church. I, I don't always feel like preaching. Your pastor, I mean, he's amazing. But he probably feels like preaching. He probably just preaches in the bathroom to himself because he's just such a great preacher. <laughs> but me, sometimes I'm like, oh, God, it's Saturday and I got to study. And then I wake up, come on, am I being real? See, most preachers, they don't tell you the truth, but you got me today. And I'm just going to tell you the truth. The truth is there's Sundays even pastor don't feel it. I'm so, can we just all be on? Y'all ever have a Sunday morning, you wake up, you're like, mm, I ain't feeling it today. Okay, thank you for being, y'all are like the most honest people. I like y'all. Y'all ain't Southerners. Southerners are liars. They are liars. I'm telling you, I live in Texas. I, I'm married to Texas. It's like, Oh, I love you. <laughs> Baby, we ain't even met. You don't even know me. How are you going to say that? Like, they love everybody. They love everybody. I love you. And so I got into this routine. I say it too now. I love you. I love you. I love you. So I'm ordering Domino's the other day. And she's like, okay, your, your pizza will be there in 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, thank you. I love you. I'm like, no, I don't really love you. I just like pizza, you know. <laughs> But it's good to be honest. And the truth is, we don't always feel it. But my face does not have to be a reflection of my feelings. And leaders don't allow their feelings to be reflected in their face. Leaders don't expect everybody else to be sad because they're sad. Leaders have an ability to overcome what they feel because they're considerate of those that are following. Does that make sense? A leader says, your feelings are more important than mine. I don't, misery doesn't need, my misery doesn't need your company. Well, so what am, I post, what am I supposed to do then? I'm a little off my nose, but this is good. 
I, 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 what am I supposed to do when I don't feel like smiling? What am I supposed to do when I don't feel like clapping my hands? What am I supposed to do when I feel like shouting? When I, when I run the aisles, dance, play the drums, whatever you're supposed to do. Show up early and whatever. What do you do? I'll tell you, it's very simple. You force it. I'm forcing it. It's <laughs> just like... Anybody ever forced to praise? Come on, can I, can I just be honest? Can anybody ever forced, anybody ever done this and you had no goose pimples? Come on, you had no Holy Ghost goosebumps, nothing. Anybody, anybody. Come on, let's, I thank you. Thank you for not being Southern. Come on. Hey, this is me forcing. This is me forcing lots of Sundays. I'm like, oh, God. I'm at the youth meeting, you know. Oh, I love all you young people. Y'all are the best. Back in my head, I'm like, man, I wish I was at home with my wife, and I got abs. I, but from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Leaders learn that if you're going to take some stuff, you're going to have to force it. You're going to have to force it. You're going to have to force that praise. And guess what? When, how many? Now let's do another poll. How many of you have ever forced the praise and then felt the God? So I'm just going to force it till I feel it. I'm going to force it till I feel it. And I'm going to force it because not only is it about me feeling it, it's about Sheba on the back road addicted to crack cocaine, drove in with her Bentley. But she's going to be the Sunday school teacher that praised my granddaughter through the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just force it. I might not even feel it, but Sheba's going to feel it because he inhabits the praises. He didn't, doesn't say he inhabits the feelings. Doesn't say he inhabits the, you, you, you faith it. He inhabits the praises. No, no, nothing else. Just praise. It does not have to be felt. He just don't, he, you just praise him. They're going to feel it. Hallelujah. Well, I, I'm 43 minutes, so here it is. And here's what she says. Verse 9, I'm done. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee. No, blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in living hope. To what? Set, Set living hope on the, keep reading. I'm going to okay, interrupt sorry. you. but Thro Throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel. Living hope. The Lord loved living hope. Keep going. Forever, therefore made the, he the king. Uh, uh, who did he make? He. No, who did he make? Living hope. Oh, now he's got it. See, finally got it, man. Finally got it. It's okay to change the words. You don't, I know with him you couldn't do it, but with me you can. Right. See, if I was preaching and asked you to read it, I wanted you to say pronoun. I would have. I'd have been like, that's what I was looking for. I would have never shamed you like that. I'm not like that, brother. I'm not that. like that. I needed that. Because the Lord loved. The Lord loved living hope forever. Therefore, he made living hope. He didn't say himself. Come on, she, her option. She didn't go. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in God to set God on the throne, to set Jesus. No, she said, blessed be the Lord thy God that delighted in Solomon, to set Solomon in the throne of Israel. And she said, she's praising Solomon. She's saying, you are amazing. You are amazing. You are amazing. You know what they did? They accomplished it. She said, you have accomplished it. You have made God famous. Uh, living hope, that's what we do. Uh, therefore, he made living hope king to do judgment and justice. Uh, as we make this, this church famous, uh, as you make this place famous, I want you to know when people come in, they're going to walk out of those doors saying, blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, his favor is upon living hope. Uh, he, she does 
doesn't name the cupbearer. She doesn't name the attendant. She doesn't name the servant. She doesn't name the man. She doesn't name the Sunday school teacher. She doesn't name the janitor. She doesn't name the sound man. She doesn't name the drummer. She doesn't name any of those people. She names Solomon. She names Living Hope. And she says, and it's connected to Jesus. Jesus, help me to make Living Hope famous. Jesus, whatever I got to do, I want these people to see you. And so I am going to do, and I am going to serve, and I am going to be what you want me to be. Uh, come on, I feel the Holy Ghost here this, after, this morning. Uh, wherever you're at, right where you are, I want to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, uh, I thank you for this leadership team. Men and women of God that came in on a Saturday morning uh, laughing, joyful, and happy, who have found their place in the kingdom of God. I pray, Lord, against any spirit of discouragement. And I ask that you would open the windows of heaven. Uh, Father, while they cannot be compensated monetarily as this great leader, Pastor Staten, would desire, Lord, you, Father, you can bless them with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Bless them for their sacrifice this morning. Bless them, God, that they give of themselves uh, without any restraint, without hindrances. Uh, they do it with joy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You guys are awesome. Man, y'all are awesome. You can't ever leave this church, but if you do, I want you to come to Vider. I'm not allowed to recruit, but I did it in front of the preacher, so we're good. All right, is there there's supposed to be a question? How do you want to do that? You can be seated, and you don't have to ask questions. <laughs> My dad said, I have the answer to every question. I don't know. Any questions? Good. You guys want to learn some Dutch? Wat hebben we geweldig gesprekken hier vandaag? Deze man is geweldig en hij kan echt goed spreken. Hij is super knap. Prijs die. Amen. Y'all know what you just ain't, man. I just said, y'all got a great preacher. Good looking, super tall, all the way from Texas. And y'all all said amen. I mean, like, hey, you got to be careful what you amen. You like, y'all just amen and just amen. <laughs> Y'all professional Pentecostals, you just, hey, you listening to the sermon, didn't hear nothing, but all the right amens and all the claps in the right spot, you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm, you like stand and clap, and you're looking at your wife saying, why are we clapping right now, I don't even know why I'm clapping, <laughs> somebody say, price, some of y'all pretty insecure now a little bit, price, de, here, price de here, price, de, here, Praise the here. Praise the Lord. God is good. Jessica, you got to learn this now. Come on. I see you over there kind of just barely moving your mouth. You're going to the whole country. You should be on your feet. Like, God is good. This is the least romantic language you will ever learn. I'm like, Dad, why did you not move to France or Italy? I mean, like, you know, je ne parle pas français. Je, beautiful. God is good. Yeah, you're not getting any sugar after that, you know. We just, we just say it in English, amen. 
God is good. God is good. I love you guys. And y'all hear that? I love you guys. That's my southern coming out in me. But I didn't say it at the beginning. I waited to the end to make sure I really did. So I'm being honest when I say I really do love you guys. And I tell you what, I love your pastor. This man right here, he loves your soul. He loves your soul, his family. And I'm going to tell you, what a witness to have a man, I'm telling you, by his children, his daughters, his family. Any man that can lead his family like that is worthy of your attention. And I'm telling you, you are blessed with great leadership. And I know he feels that way about you. But I want to just, again, I know him better than I know you, so i got to brag on him. I love him very much. Follow him. He's going to get you to heaven. Why don't we one more time give God praise for our leader, Pastor Staten. Wow. That was phenomenal. And Valerie texted me in the middle and said, we, that's got to be mandatory for every leader. And uh, so Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.